Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Thursday the 17th of November and as usual with all the information contained in this podcast it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights, not that there are any, in this podcast. All right, well let's kick off the day with the uh, US markets. Dow Jones closing down 39 points. That is 0.12 of a percent at 33,554. We had a very, very narrow trading range. Unusual for the Dow. Gone into stasis, it looks like. Uh, up 90 was the high and down 76 was the low. So nothing very much from the Dow. The Nasdaq, though, down 1.54%. 175 points to 11,184. The S&P 500 in the middle for diddle as usual, down 0.83 of a percent, 33 points to 39.59. So a bit of a nothing Fergberger from the US overnight. VIX volatility index down 0.5 of a percent, 24.20. In the European markets, a little bit easier as well. Stock 600 down 1%. FTSE down a quarter of a percent, despite UK. CPI hitting its highest level, 11.1%, going gangbusters. That's the only thing that is going well in the US, the UK economy at the moment. Germany down 1%, France down half a percent, Spain down 1% as well. So a little bit of weakness across the board. We are seeing SPY futures a little weaker as well, down 14 points or 0.2%. So the drift continues. We've seen the big ratchet up as we saw that 7.7% CPI number hit a week or so ago. Uh, But since then, we have been uh, drifting somewhat lower and unable to hold the 7200 level, which we briefly touched, or at least three and a half points away from that. So the slide will continue today to some extent. In the US, looking at some of the individual stocks, we've got Apple down 0.8%, Meta the artist formerly known as Facebook down 3.3, Google up 0.4, Microsoft up 0.2, Amazon down 1.8, Tesla down 3.9%, continuing to fall. Netflix down 1.35, they've obviously realised that the crown isn't that good after all. JP Morgan in the banking sector was one of the only spots of blue, 0.14% higher. Citigroup down 1.4%, Goldman smidge off. Bank of America down 90 basis points, 0.9 of a percent. Wells Fargo down 1.1. And Block, the artist formerly known as Square, was down 5.2% last night. So a little bit of slip sliding away for the Dow. Once again, we were seeing some selling into the close. We did see the 10-year Treasury yield sinking below uh, 3.7%. A 3.697, and the spread between it and the two-year continues to fall into negative territory. This is implying that there is a recession on the horizon. So that is interesting. And of course, with a recession brings rate cuts. So at some stage, we'll be starting to talk about rate cuts, but not yet. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, The Federal Reserve Governor Chris Waller said he could be open to slowing the pace of rate rises. He's been out and about quite a lot recently obviously angling for the top job at some stage, although he's waiting for more data. So um, 
We also saw Goldman Sachs uh, said the firm was adding another quarter percent rise to its forecast. They continue to expect a 50 basis point hike in December, 25 points in February and March, and now they've added a 25 basis point hike in May. Uh, and that raises the peak Fed funds rate to five to five and a quarter, which was previously four and three quarters to five and 4.9% peak in market pricing. So that is something to think about. Uh, we did see as well last night, we had a few US big company results. Uh, Target was down 13.5% in late trade, profit tumbling 52% in the September quarter. And it warned of Christmas sales down on 2021. Cisco, though, was slightly higher, around 3% higher on its results as well last night. So there was some good news there. Goldman Sachs' US soft landing is succeeding so far. And PIMCO's Aaron Brown and a bunch of other of their analysts said they believe caution is warranted. This year's market's volatility has created attractive investment opportunities. I think they're talking about in the bond market. Uh, we did see the US dollar index down 0.12 of a percent last night. The Aussie dollar at 67.38, so holding in there as well. In commodities last night, uh, oil price smidge off 0.9% down. WTI 1.4% down, $1.25 to 85.57. Gold price was off $4.40 or a quarter of a percent. Nothing really shaking there. Copper was down 1% last night. Nickel, having had a big rise the previous day, back down 8.5%. It does appear that nickel has taken over at the moment from gold as the uh, proxy for uh, Russian aggression in Ukraine. Much as gold spiked when Russia went into Afghanistan, nickel has been the plaything of the market on the back of Russia and Ukraine and tensions there. And of course, yesterday we saw that rocket land in Poland, which raised the stakes slightly, pushed the nickel price up 10%. Uh, and as we've now learnt, it seems that it was a Ukraine defence missile that uh, went astray, trying to knock out some of the 84 missiles that Russia sent into Ukraine. So as a result, we did see the nickel price down. Uh, of course, Russia, uh, Russia, a big nickel producer. Aluminium down 1.1%, zinc down 1.4%, lead down 1.7%, tonne down 0.21%. Iron ore yesterday on the Dalian futures market was up 2.5%. So that was uh, interesting there, continuing to bounce off those lows. We also saw this morning the latest results from Pilbara Minerals on the lithium auction. Uh, which looks to be quite a positive result. Higher prices yet again. So maybe the rumours of the death of lithium are greatly exaggerated, to paraphrase Mr Twain. As far as resource stocks go overseas, and this is probably pointing to a little bit of weakness in our market today, we had BHP down 1.7%, Rio down 1.2% in ADR terms, Freeport McMoran down one9 Alcoa down one1 Tech up 0.3, Anglo down 3.1, Glencore down 0.4, Vale down 3.7, and Albemarle down 3.1%. That, of course, significant in terms of lithium. In other headlines today, US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has signaled the Biden administration will push for greater regulation. Actually, any regulation would be quite good, Janet, of the cryptocurrency market following the collapse of FTX. And the CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, said in a tweet on Wednesday that he had been overconfident and careless and miscalculated its leverage. 
Ah, oh, starting to feel sorry for him. And uh, we have seen uh, Michael Burry, of course, of uh, the big short fame, has said on CNBC, I can't access the report to say see exactly what he's saying, uh, because you need to be a pro subscriber. But he says, you have no idea how short I am. In other news today, China's economy is forecast to expand 3.1% this year and 4.6% in 2023, according to the Institute of International Finance. Having said that, I saw an article on Bloomberg overnight when they were talking about how the Chinese are reacting to reopening and they are very, very sceptical and very nervous about reopening. So even when the authorities relax things slightly, it seems that there is no rush to get back to normal uh, because they are very worried about the implications and the fact that they could get COVID. So it's not an easy answer for China in that respect. ECB vice president says we will do whatever is necessary in order to reduce inflation to a level that we consider as price stability, which is 2%. So interesting news there. And on the local front today, Deliveroo announced they had basically collapsed uh, yesterday and were in administration and pulling out of Australia. And we are seeing news today that BHP and Oz Minerals are on the verge of coming to some sort of agreement on pricing. Heading off to court today is uh, Pendle and Perpetual, which are supposedly are on the verge of a new deal, trying to make it attractive to both. An unlisted player in the buy now, pay later sector, BizPay, which is backed by Macquarie and SG Hiscock, uh, which was valued last year at a funding round of 151 million, is now valued at 3.4 million. That valuation seems to have collapsed faster than the valuation of uh, the Crypto King's assets, uh, Sam Bankman Freed there. And uh, the chairman of AGL, Patricia McKenzie, said it will appoint the new CEO by the end of the year when she addressed the AGM yesterday, where Mike Cannon Brooks, uh, the saviour of AGL, has managed to get four new directors appointed. Kurt Nielsen will be calling time after 28 years at Platinum Asset Management today, after he's formally resigned from the board of the asset manager he founded with Andrew Clifford. In other news, Westpac may delay the sale of its wealth, wealth trading. Media reports that Monash IVF could be the target for an overseas private equity company. We've also got uh, Mineral Resources AGM presentation today and St. Barbara change of leadership. The MD is gone and I'm just noticing a ASX announcement regarding the ASX and it says the ASX will reassess all aspects of the chess replacement project and de-recognize capitalized software. What does de-recognize mean? Does that mean they were going to take a cut um, of 245 to 255 million? Uh, the project director with extensive technology transformation experience has been appointed for the next phase of the chess replacement program. Uh, the uh, independent reports identify significant challenges with the solution design and its ability to make <laughs> to meet ASX requirements. So. Um, Another piece of bad news for the ASX in its quest to convert chess into blockchain. My old buddy Damien Roach, now the chairman of the ASX, hasn't he done well? Anyway, moving on, uh, looking at other news just coming out this morning as well, uh, trying to see if there's anything of significance. Uh, we do have the EHL uh, AGM today as well, and Met. 
Emaco is the uh, the company there. We've got the MD's AGM address and FY23 guidance uh, coming out of that one. Uh, and of course, that will uh, be more news to come. And just seeing if there's anything else of interest, Satire has a trading update as well. CTT is the stock code there. Sales revenue growth exceeds 80% versus prior corresponding period. Adjusted EBITDA of at least 3 million as uh, on a delivered margin greater than 20%. So uh, active customers, 297,000 odd customers. Gross revenue from repeat customers, 57%. Luxury still pays, it appears. Um, and any other news, just scrolling through now. Webjet as well uh, has returned to pre-pandemic bookings. Um, and they are group underlying EBIT, 72.5 million uh, for the first half group bookings back at pre-pandemic levels. Total transaction value at 90% of pre-pandemic levels. Cost base, 16% lower than pre-pandemic levels. Webbeds on track to exceed pre-pandemic profitability for FY23. So a good or potentially good update there from uh, Webjet. Question of the day today, with all the stuff that's happening in crypto uh, at the moment with uh, more problems emerging and calls for tighter regulation. In fact, there's calls now from the Australian uh, government to regulate crypto. Are we seeing a Lehman moment? This is a big question. Will we see contagion from the crypto crash? Certainly something that uh, some are worried about. And it has been postulated by some on the telly on CNBC that uh, the fall in some of the NASDAQ technology stocks is linked to the crypto crash in terms of having to sell other things to pay margin calls and to shore up positions in the crypto market. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on whether the FTX is a Lehman moment or maybe it's a Bear Stearns moment. Of course, you remember from the GFC that Bear Stearns was the first to go uh, in the the summer, Northern Hemisphere summer of uh, 2008 before we had the Lehman moment. Well, that's it from me today. Have a great day and may the trading gods be with you.